Hi, my name is Stephen Bryant. I want to welcome you to episode 21 of the RelativityChallenge.com podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to take a look at a failure in Einstein's spherical wave proof. For those of you who've followed along with the other podcast series, you'll know that we found several points that imply that relativity is incorrect. One, we've shown that there are better equations that give better results. Better meaning that the amount of error between the expected result and actual result is smaller than found with the special relativity equations. Second, we found a conceptual mistake that needs to be correct corrected. This is that wavelength has been mistreated as a measure when in fact it should be treated as a rate. And third, we've explained things that haven't been explained before. Specifically, we've given more meaning to Einstein's tau function, how it works, what it means, and what the different aspects of that function do. All of this, while it implies that there's mistakes in Einstein's theory, begs to question. If this is right and there are mistakes, why does Einstein's spherical wave proof work? This is what we're going to explore today. And in fact, the answer, as you'll see by the end of today's talk, is that the proof actually doesn't work. But before we go there, let's look at the proof. It's actually quite short, quite elegant, and quite simple. It really consists of three parts. The first part is the claim. This is what Einstein is seeking to prove. The second part is the mathematics. Of course, this being physics, you require a mathematical proof. And third, we reach our conclusion. So we're going to explore these areas today. But what we're going to find is very similar to what we found in episode 20 with respect to wavelength. And that is that there's something that we've overlooked. We've overlooked it for a hundred years where Einstein overlooked it. We're overlooking it. And we're going to point that out today and correct it. Einstein's proof is built on the idea of a sphere. So let's begin with a definition of what a sphere is. And a sphere, quite simply, is the set of all points that are a given distance from some center point in three-dimensional space. That's is in effect what it is. So you can think of it as a hollow ball, for example. And if we were to talk about two-dimensional space, then we would be talking about a circle. So here are the equations for a circle and a sphere. They are quite similar. Because a circle is easier to draw, the examples that I'm going to provide on the next couple of slides will actually be shown from a, the perspective of a circle, but they will be as applicable to a sphere as they are for the circle. So the first thing that we have to, the first question that we have to answer is, is there a way for us to mathematically check a, a set of values and determine if they are points on a circle or a sphere? And the answer is yes, there are ways we can mathematically do this. One way is that we take the points, the values, x, y, and r, and we check to see that they adhere to the equation of a circle or a sphere. So let's see what that looks like. You can see that we're plotting four different points on the circle. And we, so we've plotted the values in the table, and you can see that they all adhere to the equation. This is good. So we, we do know that this is one of the checks that we need to perform. We need to make sure that our values adhere to the equation. The question becomes, is this all we need to do? Well, let's take a look at that. Let's see if there are points that adhere to the equation, but don't form a circle. And in this case, you'll see that there are four points or four values, x, y, and r. And all in each case, they adhere to the equation of a circle. 
But we're looking at a line. We know that this is a line. So there has to be something else we have to check. And what we have to check is that the radius does not change. Now this is very subtle. And for many of us, when we learned how to work with circles and spheres, whether it was in elementary school, high school, or college, the radius never changed on us. So we never had to explicitly go out and check for this. But in this case, it is a check. And if we are going to do a proof, we need to make sure that two things are validated. First, we need to check that we, are, we do in fact have values that adhere to the equation of a circle or a sphere. That goes without saying. But we also have to show that the radius doesn't change because if we don't show that, we might mistakenly end up with a line as we did in this example and incorrectly call it a circle. So with this backdrop of information, let's look at Einstein's proof. Now Einstein's proof is really performed using three steps. First, you begin by finding points on a sphere. Then you use the transformation equations to find points that you believe are on a second sphere. And third, you look at those points that were created and you validate that they are in fact on the same sphere. If you do those three steps, then the proof passes. If one of those steps fails, the proof fails. So let's look at some points. We're going to start with a unit sphere, and that's just a sphere that has radius 1. And we'll first confirm that it conforms to the equations of a sphere, so each of those values do, and they all maintain the same radius, which in this case is 1, so all the points in this particular step show that we have a sphere. So step 1 is complete. Step two, we run these values through the transformation equations and create our second set of values. Step two is complete. Step three is to now validate these values. And in fact, when we look at the first part of step three, everything looks fine. All of the values, every single row, will conform to the equation of a sphere. There's not a problem here. However, notice that there are two highlighted radius values in that table. And what that points out is that all of the values do not maintain the same radius. That means we don't have a sphere and that represents a failure. So remember, we need it to show two things, that the equations were, were, for a sphere were maintained and we need it to show that the radius did not change because the radius changed we don't have a sphere. So let's look at Einstein's proof. First off, we look at the claim. Of course, there's nothing wrong with the claim. This is just what he sought to prove. Then we look at the math proof. And what we found here is that if you only look at satisfying the equations, you may think that the proof passed. But once you know that satisfying the equations is only half of what you must show, the other half being that the same radius must be maintained, then you know that the proof, the math proof, actually fails, which means you cannot reach this conclusion, and this represents a failure in the spherical wave proof. Now, there are some counter-arguments against what you've just seen. Some might say, well, what you've shown, Steve, doesn't matter because of time dilation, length contraction, or simultaneity. Again, logically, those terms which are based on relativity can only be used as a defense after the proof has been rendered. Before then, you don't have relativity, so you can't really use those as a defense. Second, some people might suggest that, well, it works if you take the observer into account. Obviously, the values are going to be different because they're in different frames. 
Einstein addresses this point in section 4 of his 1905 paper with some equations. And what we find there is that those equations actually suffer from the same radius problem as we've just shown with the spherical wave proof. So that argument fails as well. And then the third one that I've heard is that the two, if you take two spheres, one and two, and start there, everything will be fine. And that actually ignores the purpose behind the proof, which is to not just take two spheres, but to actually show that they are related through Einstein's transformation equations. So going back to our original question, which was, if there are mistakes in Einstein's theory of relativity, why does his spherical wave proof work? And the answer is, it doesn't. But we think it does, because so far, we've only checked one of two things that we've needed to check. We've checked to make sure that it adhered to the spherical wave equation, and all the converted points do. But we have failed to check that all of the points have the same radius. And once we do that check, we find that they don't. And therefore, we don't have a sphere. And if we don't have a sphere, the proof fails and we don't have the theory of relativity. So I want to thank you today for watching episode 21 of the RelativityChallenge.com podcast. As always, I appreciate your feedback and comments. You can email me at stephen.bryant at RelativityChallenge.com. I also invite you to continue to spread the word and share the site and materials with your friends and colleagues. Uh, most of the material, in fact, all the material that I've produced can be found at www.relativitychallenge.com. Today's episode is copyright 2010 by Stephen Bryant and relativitychallenge.com. Until next time, be well.